Oh, man. Texans lose by three. They missed two field goals at the, each of the re, respective halves. I don't know why Amendola was kicking a 50-yard field goal and the ball was at the, what was it, the 30? It was at the, um, the ball was at the 31 and he's kicking a 40-yard field, or 50-yard field goal. Like, tell me, like, it used to be plus 17 to the line of yeah. scrimmage. He was at the 31 kicking a 50-yard field goal in the, fir- at the first half. Yeah, this, What's he doing? Maybe getting a running start. I guess. Maybe he needs the extra steps. But then he kicks the 58-yarder that hits the crossbar that goes, it seemingly went further than the one he kicked at the end of the first half. He definitely went for, Well, I mean, the, the the first one had plenty of leg. He just, just, right. just squirted right. He just missed badly to the right. Uh, what was your biggest issue with the Texans' loss yesterday? This is kind of our Tuesday segment that we normally do whenever they win. Don't ignore in victory what you win in defeat. But when they lose, we talk about it right away. Uh, 713-780-ESP at HRMP listener line. 713-780-3776. Yeah, the fourth and nine at the final possession for the Texans in the first half. It was fourth and nine at the Jacksonville 31, and he kicked it from 50. He needed 19 yards. The uh, The one at the end of the second half... It was 4th and 12, Jacksonville 39, and it was a 58-yarder. So he's going 19 yards. Yeah, for both, at least. Because, I mean, 10 yards of the end zone. So he's right. going 9 yards back from, from where John Weeks is at. That, that's unheard of to me. Now, I've noted I've, I've seen more people do 8 yards as opposed to 7, but 9? Well, if you need a little pad, right? Because you, if, if you have the, one of those guys, it's like golf, right? If you, if you hit a lower trajectory shot that starts out low and maybe it does get up in the air a little bit, but you don't have that really high that high arcing shot. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the, when you swing the leg, if it comes out low and the, you, one yard, sure, but you're moving nine, nine yards back. It's weird. It's egregious. It's it, They're going nine instead of the normal seven. It's weird to me. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. What was your number one issue with the game yesterday? What, what stood out to you? Here was D'Amico Ryans on the, attempting the 58-yard field goal at the end of the game to try to tie it. Yeah, I felt like that was the right decision for us to kick the ball. It's close. Didn't go in. Right? How we... He had good range from there. Just didn't make the kick. D'Amico gives you nothing with his answers. Like we we talk a lot about, uh, and look, I, I think it's fine. If I was a coach, I wouldn't give you anything with my answers either. Uh, you Belichick, he's notorious for it. You, you look at like people talk about Casario not giving you anything. At least Casario talks a lot without giving you anything. D'Amico gives you nothing with his answers, which is fine. It's not a criticism. It's just you know, what's the point of playing a bunch of D'Amico sound when he's like, yeah, thought I was gonna go in, didn't. Cool. Cool story, D'Amico. Uh, what would you have done in that spot? The one in the second half first. 34 seconds left, 4th and 12, Jacksonville 39. You run out Amendola, who needs a 9-yard buffer, not a 7-yard buffer, and tries a 58-yard field goal. I felt like that was the decision to make. I felt like I, I, I'm not going to go for the Hail Mary there. I, I believe that you know in that scenario, with a 4th down of distance, and the fact that you know, you've got – I don't think that the other options are viable – We've seen this. I mean, they've seen this guy more than us in terms of at practice and other things. But I got I got to go with what I think still might have a chance, and I'm going to go with the field goal kick there. I had no problem with going for the field goal. I would not have kicked it. Uh, he was up You're until that. Hail Mary? No. Why would you have to hail Mary? You got to get the first down. There's still thirty something seconds you left. Had, what twelve yards to get? Fourth and twelve. I, I have more faith in the Houston Texans offense and C.J. Stroud picking up a 4th and 12 than Matt Amendola making a kick for 40 yards or greater, especially a 58-yarder. Matt Amendola, after yesterday's performance, is 3-for-13 in his entire NFL life on kicks 40 yards or more. And that wasn't a 40-yarder. That was a 58-yard mm-hmm. kick. He's now 3-for-13 in kicks that are 40 yards or greater. I think that C.J. Stroud on a 4th and 12 converts a 4th and 12 more than three times out of every 13. The Matt Amendola makes a kick from 40 or greater. I, I, I see your point. I just felt like prisoner of the moment, maybe. But I thought that, that they were out of options because it was 12 yards, that they had a better chance of at least giving it a try. 
and seeing seeing if maybe he catch lightning in a bottle. I, I know that we've highlighted the numbers, so I knew they weren't good. But you know, and then looking at it in retrospect, I mean, it was it was online and it hit the crossbar. So I I was fine with the decision. He uh he's three for thirteen forty or greater. He's zero for two fifty yards or greater this year. He's zero for five in his NFL career at fifty yards and greater. He has never made a kick in his life from fifty or more yards. Even in the XFL, I have no idea. I don't, XFL Pro Football Reference. I don't know if he played in the XFL. He I don't played for the Roughnecks. Did he? Yeah. Matt Amendola did. I'm pre- I'm almost positive. I had no idea yeah. when. Uh, when the Roughnecks were playing. Which which time? There was more than one. I think it was when they were here in Houston, but I just know that they, 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 I've seen several references made to him being a Roughnecks kicker. No, I don't think he's ever played outside of the NFL. I thought he played for the Roughnecks. He played with the Texans before. I mean, he was on the roster at one point with the Texans. But like, I was going to throw the numbers out. Like, how often do you think C.J. Stroud converts a fourth and twelve out of ten? Four. Okay, that's a lot. Maybe that's a forty percent. Yeah, it's pretty. But, but I, I would, that's I would say like high twice. for league, league average. But I, I believe in CJ Stroud. But then why do you kick it? Why are you kicking this? Like, get a little bit more. Get a first down. If you like, I would have rather seen the Texans lose the game by going forward on fourth and twelve than having Matt Amendola, who has never made a kick from fifty or longer in his NFL career in a game, uh, attempt that field goal from fifty-eight too. Like, it wasn't a fifty-yarder; it was from fifty-eight. So I didn't like that decision. The advanced numbers on it, like, make of it what you will. Uh, the NFL Next Gen stats. They said the chances of the Texans. Um, let's see. The optimal decision on 4th and 12 by their model was going for the first down by just 3%. So we're picking nits here. Mm-hmm. It was very, very you know, slim on which way to go for it. I personally would have went for it. Uh, you would have kicked it. How about the one in the first half? Where it was late first half, you're looking at a situation again where you're kicking a 50-yard field goal from the 31 for whatever reason. I'm not sure why you're doing that. Needs the extra boost. But you had a 4th and 9, Jacksonville 31. He decided to kick the 50-yarder there. You, you like that decision I was too? Fine. I was fine with it too. I knew the numbers going in, like again, because we had talked about it. But I felt like that was it. That was the decision to make because, you know, you were running out, running towards the end of the half, and I was fine with it. I would have went for it there, too. And, like, I don't know if this is – I'm not exactly sure what it is for me. Maybe it's my disbelief in Matt Amendola. I think it's a combination of both. I think it's a combination of my disbelief in Matt Amendola and my belief in C.J. Stroud. I think C.J. Stroud has a better chance of converting a 4th and 9 in the first half and a 4th and 12 in the second half than Matt Amendola does to have to make a 50-yard field goal. Like I am tired of seeing, and I don't, I'm not even trying to say cut Matt Amendola. I'm not even trying to say like cut Amendola, make sure that he never plays, blah, 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 find another kicker. I just wouldn't kick a field goal greater than 45 yards. It's that simple. I'm going for it if the kick's greater than 45 yards from Matt Amendola. Look, and I understand that you could look at it from either side of it, and knowing the numbers, again, when we talk about like knowing what the official, officials' tendencies are with PI calls, knowing the fact that you've got a kicker on your roster that is a bridge gap kicker that does not do well after a certain distance – should play into whatever your game plan is whenever a kick is on the horizon or you're, you're contemplating. And he obviously didn't make either one. I was fine with it. And obviously, I think it's a different story. If Fairbairn's your kicker, I believe that there, there's a, it's a no-brainer they're kicking both of those. Which, by the way, anybody who has ever said anything about bad about Kaimi Fairbairn, I think that this is karma striking all of you. Like, how critical does Kaimi Fairbairn look How dare to you look my now? way when you say that? I didn't look your way. Do you oh, have you, you criticized Fairbairn? Have, but but my main criticism of Kaimi Fairbairn is I don't think he ever should have been one of the top five or six or top three kickers in the league pay pay wise. I mean, there's a, a few very very select kickers that were in that, but Bill O'Brien chose to make him that. But look, I think he's an above average kicker. 
I just felt like he was grossly overpaid here. Yeah, probably overpaid. Uh, much better kicker than Matt Amendola. And sure. one of, I think he's a top five kicker, honestly. The way he's been the last few years, I think he's top five in the entire NFL. The Texans yeah. win the game yesterday if they have a Kyrie Fairbairn. That's what I'm saying. That, that's why I would have total confidence in both kicks if Fairbairn's kicking them for you. Uh, top five kicker, Tucker. The mm-hmm. Elliott in Philadelphia is pretty good, pretty damn good. That ball he kicked in the rain last night was pretty impressive. Fairbairn's top three most accurate last two years combined. Is he? Yeah. And which not that it like but just die on a kicker one. hill. I would say he's probably still number one. Yeah. I I, I like Chucker a lot. He's I mean Texas I think he guy, missed his which, first some rando stat last night about his first missed kick of like forty some yards or something forty plus yard forty five or forty five fifty yard kick. It's like you believe in that guy every time he puts they put the ball down to kick it and it's going to go in. You know what's weird about um, what's weird about Fairbairn? Like looking at Fairbairn's numbers and Amendola's numbers. Amendola, like we mentioned, zero for five all time in his career from fifty yards or greater. Kymie Fairbairn's twenty five for thirty six. Like that's a pretty that's high pretty rate. Like that's that's really good for kicks that are fifty yards or greater. The Texans have Kymie Fairbairn yesterday. They win that football game. Uh, what was your biggest grief in the game yesterday? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. I have a few of these. We'll get to on the other side. What was the biggest one for you, Blankers? Well, I'll start with the fact that I just was disappointed in the overall play of the offensive line. Uh, I just felt like watching free runs to the quarterback after we saw CJ get completely crushed on a play the week before, and the fact that you know. They're better than that. They've been better than that for weeks now. And I, I just did not like the fact that on whatever the continuity you were looking for offensively with the play calls and everything was completely thrown out of, out of whack by the fact that CJ was running for his life or sliding and moving the pocket on every seemingly every play. Yeah, the uh, the offensive line was dreadful. Uh, I thought that uh, Titus Howard was especially bad. Now it's, he didn't play. Uh, he didn't play after he got hurt, which was a which was a good thing. But um, the offensive line is not great. I don't know if like most of that's on the offensive line performance. I think Stroud deserves a little bit of it. Like he's got a card. He's got to call some shifts. He's got to call some line protections uh, before the snap sometimes. And maybe he's guessing wrong. Maybe the defense is doing a good job of decoying them, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but overall, the pass protection not good yesterday. Uh, looks like Amendola did have his rights acquired. Acquired by the Rough Riders, but mm, rough the Rough Necks. But I don't know if he actually played. Okay, I, I can't find any numbers. Uh, someone tweeted at us, and then it shows on his Wikipedia that he had his his professional rights, I guess, acquired by the Rough Necks. But it doesn't say if he kicked for the Rough Necks. He might have. You I don't need know. to ask Johnny. G. Well, you need to ask Johnny Granado. Uh, was he Rough Necks kick from Matt Amendola? I can tell you this: he probably didn't want to make one from forty yards or greater. <laughs> probably not. Definitely didn't make one from fifty yards or greater. Someone texted said he made a fifty-six yarder in high school. Cool. He's 0 for 5 from 50 or greater in the NFL. I can't wait for Kaimi Fairbairn to get back. Words I thought I would never say. 713-780-3776. What was your number one issue with the game yesterday? 713-780-ESPN, the HRNP listener line. It's the Killer Beasts on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. We hope that your Thanksgiving was safe. We hope you didn't get into any accidents. We hope that your week ahead uh, does not have any accidents in its future as well. But if it does, you already know the name to call. Hollingsworth Law Firm, program that in your head right now. And also, as we tell you all the time, but we'll remind you, with Hollingsworth, with Hollingsworth Law Firm, you do not pay a dime until you win your case. That is such a big, big factor in any decision you make when you get a lawyer. But particularly when you're in an auto accident, you go to someone that's experienced. Normally, with experience comes a high price tag, and you've got to pay for every phone call and every session and all that you, that the, the attorneys are doing to try and win your case. Not with the Hollingsworth Law Firm. They're experts in auto wrecks, and they're also not going to charge you until you win, which means they have extra motivation 
organization to make sure they're on your side every step of the way getting the job done. That's why when Jeremy gives you the phone number, you put it in your phone because you never know when you're going to get in a car accident. But when you do, the first thing you're doing is who do I call first? What do I do next? And that's where the experts come in because at Hollingsworth Law Firm, they're going to walk you through every step of the process and fight until you win. I wish I knew about Hollingsworth Law Firm when I got rear-ended not once but twice because I would have called them right away simply to deal with these insurance companies. I hate dealing with insurance companies. I know that you do as well. Let Hollingsworth Law Firm get the most that they can from these insurance companies for you. 713-999-8773 for your free consultation. 713-999-8773 or visit them online. CarWreckTexas.com. That's CarWreckTexas.com. All right, what were the uh, biggest issues for you in the Texans game yesterday? 713-780-3776. You mentioned the, uh, the protection pass pro, not good. Uh, field goals to me, atrocious. The decisions to kick the field goals, atrocious. Not having Kaimi Fairbairn. All of the, the entire city is wishing the Houston Texans had Kaimi Fairbairn. Did you ever think you would hear those words said? No. Everybody wishes they had Kaimi Fairbairn in their lives. Am I wrong in thinking that this should be a landslide of, of the feedback we get on all the different platforms that someone's they're going to get on the officiating here? Uh, yeah, I mean, we did that earlier. But you're no, probably, I know. That would we be... addressed it, but I would think when you threw the question out sure. that that's going to be a, a priority answer. Yeah. Um, 0143 says the defensive front seven, just not that good. We don't really generate any kind of uh, passage. I think it means pressure for any team that has a decent offensive line, even when that's just competent. We need serious help with our front seven defensive uh, – our front seven says defensive line, but that means linebackers too. Um, I agree. I, I thought that they were pretty good against the run. I thought they were atrocious at getting to the quarterback. The, Trevor Lawrence, now a lot of it's quick release, stuff like that. But how many times do you remember Trevor Lawrence with pressure yesterday? Trevor Lawrence was sacked as many times as Blankers was sacked yesterday. Yeah. None. Goose egg. Uh, the, this, is a, this is a problem with this team, is that you don't get to the quarterback enough. John Grenard, your leading sack getter, he's been shut out the last couple of weeks. Will Anderson, you know, he's got, I think he had one last week. He's the three at the year. Uh, you don't get to the quarterback enough, and yesterday not only did you not get to the quarterback, you didn't really create any sort of pressures. No, and the other thing was they've been brother-in-lawing all year long, both with the linebackers and the front line. When it, it seeming it, it was seeming like when Rankins was good, Collins was wasn't a, as good as he had been, and vice versa. And like two o two o and and Christian Harris, it seemed like when one was playing well, the other wasn't, and then the other that meant, meant at least one guy was on the field doing things. Yesterday, it seemed like you just couldn't get it. You had injuries pop up as well that hurt you. It just seemed like they could get nothing done with the front seven yesterday, and that was a huge problem because, like you said, Lawrence was untouched, and he was slinging it all over the football field. I thought the running game was uh, was pretty bad. Uh, you take away Strout's 47 yards. You take away Tank's 12 yards. Devin Singletary had three yards of carry, 18 yards on six carries. Now, he did have the nice screen, had 54 yards through the air. Still a much better option than Damian Pierce's. Uh, Pierce was five carries, 14 yards. Like you talk, you finally got some running game going these last couple of weeks. Singletary had back-to-back games of 100 yards or more, and then yesterday your running backs get less than 20 yards each. Running the running game took a step back, yeah. and you were playing against a good defense for the first time. And now, do you feel like they aban- at a certain point they just abandoned it, or do you feel like that was because it seemed to yeah. me like at a certain point it wasn't that they're playing from behind and needing to pass the ball. I think it was that actually. I, I think it was the fact that at a certain point they realized they weren't getting anywhere with it. Well, they they were they were down two possessions twice. Sure. They were down two possessions like in the first half. They were down two possessions Third in the quarter. second half. So I think it was both. I think it was a combination of both. The running game was having trouble getting going, and then like sometimes you're still in the game where you had the lead, like you're going to stay committed to it. But if you're down ten points 
and the running game's not going, like you're, yeah, you're going to abandon it, right? But at a, if you were running it successfully at all, and then they they think you're going to pass, you can catch them with either a draw or something where the they're focused more on sending more guys into coverage, mm-hmm. where you can get a, you know a, gash them for seven or eight yards on a rush rush here. Then if it was working and it wasn't working, I think they just pulled the plug on it. Um, and one of the other things that you have to say, regardless of the officiating. As a secondary was given too much pad, too much cushion to a guy that was having time and slinging it around the yard. I thought they gave a lot of cushion. I thought that their defensive, they just, they didn't have the right game plan in the way that they were trying to scheme up Lawrence and his receivers, and they were doing whatever they wanted. That tight end screen that went for like, mm-hmm. what, 40 yards, 30, 40 yards, and, and no one was was in two arms lengths of him for the majority of them. They had a halfback screen like that, too, the Dearness Johnson. Uh, in fact, I had that on my notes, too. Uh, I felt that one of the areas of criticism for the Texans yesterday, and I saw this early in the year. I haven't seen it a whole lot lately, was that there are times when the other team's offense takes advantage of the Texans' swarm defense. We, we know that D'Amico loves to fly at the football. He loves to send bodies at the ball. And every now and then, you're, you're, you see a good play caller that uses misdirection. That, that uses the screen game. He he has the Texans thinking, oh, look over here at my left hand. Let's show some eye candy over here. And then all of a sudden, the play's going the opposite direction. Uh, we, that, that was the case on both of those screens yesterday. The tight end screen that you referred to, the halfback screen of Dearness Johnson. You, you show eye candy over here. Look, everybody, the ball's over here. Come get it. Come get it. Come get it. The Texans swarm at it, and then they go the other way. Uh, they used that, I thought, twice at least uh, to, to very high effect effectiveness uh, against the Texans yesterday, so that's something that, that stood out to me as well. Uh, Ocho, somebody on the Twitch, too, said that, uh, can you explain to me the fourth and one? Ocho already stated my biggest issue. I can't stand low percentage passes when a first down is needed. Uh, hate it with a passion. This other guy said that, haven't heard anyone talk about it, but if you go watch on the deep shot to Schultz, it looked like he slowed up on that route. Could have been a big play. I'll look for it. Whenever I pull up the, the film on it later, D- did you notice that? I did not. I didn't either. I, I just didn't think it was the right play regardless. Uh, I just, you know, if, if nothing else, I think he can scramble and get a yard as he's running around back there. There was at least enough for him to get to the outside, head towards the sideline, and get the extend the ball to keep. But as long as you keep the chains moving, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for you to take the deep shot. Yeah. Um, I know I'm in the minority here. I, I didn't. I didn't hate it. Like, it, it's there. Uh, whether it's Schultz that stopped the route short or he's jogging on it, maybe maybe the texture's right, and if you run full speed, it's a catch. Stroud makes a better throw. It's a huge play. It, it, maybe it's a much different game. Uh, understand the other side. I, I don't have a huge problem with it. To your point about the secondary, Tavier Thomas, man. Mm. He they was keep throwing him out there. Like, some people were tweeting saying that um, you know the referees were picking on him, which I think that there was one where he, he – committed a pass interference on the on the play that I didn't think it was, the Christian Kirk play. But Doug Peterson was also picking on him. The Calvin Ridley touchdown, Thomas was guarding him one-on-one. He got absolutely burned. Burned. I wouldn't be so, shocked. The, the one where they ran Ridley's the same touchdown. play twice, the touchdown and the two-point conversion was essentially the exact yeah, same play. Yeah, I think the second time they were running zone, the first time they were in man-to-man, and Thomas, that was Thomas's man, and Ridley destroyed him. If Ridley didn't have the dropsies most of the game, he oh my two God. touchdowns. It, they, they were embarrassing, the Texans' secondary. Ridley, I think it was Nelson that he beat on the first one, where, like Blankers mentioned earlier in the show, where Lawrence made an absolute perfect throw. A dime he to Calvin Ridley. Did he trip on yeah. his feet? Stevie like, Nelson tripped still, over his own feet. Oh, Nelson down. did, not Ridley. Yeah. No, I got Stevie you. Nelson did, and Ridley was wide open. That's to a little catch more acceptable, ball. actually. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't catch kinda, Nelson. He kind of jammed the toe of his, his, his toe in the turf, and it sent him tumbling hmm. to where. 
Ridley, yeah, Ridley had the had the space. Ridley should have caught that ball. He absolutely should have. That was a dot yep. by Trevor. That was a fantastic throw. Uh, but I, I'm wondering if the Texans were, are going to use a little bit more Desmond King in the nickel after seeing Thomas struggle like this. They should. I, it shocked me when you said he only played one play. I mean, he knows Houston. It seemed like he would have been a natural fit to step right in instead of some of these street free agents they've been bringing in. I think he could still play a little bit. I would I would hope that they use him more. Yeah, someone said that they they had to switch Stingley over to Ridley in the fourth. That's a good point. I wonder if they start doing that a little bit more too. Like if the Texans are going to go just Texans don't play ton to man. Like D'Amico likes to play some zone, and he's a very bend but don't break style of defense. Hey, put together a ten play drive on me. We don't want to give up the shot plays. We don't want to give up the explosives. We'll we'll allow you to have a ten play, you know, fifty sixty yard drive if it ends in three. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll live with that. Uh, yesterday they had some explosives, and this guy said that they switched Stingley over to Ridley in the fourth. I, I noticed that a little bit. Too. I wonder if they go more man if they start traveling Stingley to the other receiver or the other team's best receiver, especially with the fact that you've been so dinged up in the secondary too. But it, it would it would behoove you to do something like that. I know a lot of coaches are hell bent on sides of the field, and your lockdown corner doesn't take on you know. And other coaches are hell bent the other way, saying I'm going to put my best corner on their best receiver on every single play. Yeah, travels. Yeah, I think that's that's something that they need to consider. Yeah, Nelson's been good. But I don't. He's not don't as talented as Stingley. Yeah, and I don't think. I just think his speed has diminished a little bit. And for all the years he's been in the league, where Stingley, one thing you don't question is he can stay with receivers. Yeah, I, I think Stingley's been, and it's not even the interception. Like I think Stingley, Stingley played pretty good. That interception was pretty much gifted. It was gifted. Now Stingley's had some blanketing coverage. Very very small nitpick and critique of Stingley. I like Stingley. His hand eye coordination is not great. Like, he had that diving PBU breakup that was like, I, th- I think was the final drive for Jacksonville, was second to final. Yes. It was in the fourth quarter. Where, like, he made a diving effort to, like, get in the way of the ball yeah. with the receiver. I don't know who it, in- who it ended up in uh, for Jacksonville. Where Stingley just, like, dove over the ball. And it's like, how did you not touch that? He just dove right over it. And some, then you had some, the... Some defensive backs are defensive backs nuts. because they used to be receivers until they like, couldn't catch. He flat out missed it. And then the deep ball down the right sideline, that was actually incomplete. Like the the guy stepped out, it, it was called incomplete on the field. This wasn't one of the missed calls by the officials. Where Stingley like goes up and he's like he's there and he completely whiffs on touching the football. It's like what's going on here, Stingley? I think you're onto something. Great. I think it is why he's a corner well, and not a wide receiver. Granddaddy was a wide receiver. Remember yeah, that. It I runs think... in the family that you could be a wide receiver unless your hands let you down. And I think again, very good coverage skills, very good. I, I think highly of Stingley. But those two plays, I'm like, how did you not touch the football, Derek Stingley? Isn't that you a staple in college football? You recruit the kid because he was a receiver in high school yeah. and he was really good. And when you find out you can't catch, you make him a defensive back. Yeah, I think he was a corner in high school. But yes, that is yeah. something you see. But those two plays, man, how do you not touch? I agree. Like, how do you not touch the ball? That was bizarre. I, I wanted to say it was the tight end that he dove like the so. Superman dive. Yeah, and, and and watching it and re- rewinding it, you're like, did he even touch? I mean, he was supposed to knock it down at at worst, but it looked like he could have gotten both hands on it. Yeah, that was bizarre. All right, 713-780-ESPN. Mailbag Monday with the Killer Bees. We do it every Monday, 430. You can ask the Killer Bees whatever you want to ask about anything. 713-780-3776. Mailbag Monday with the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Look, it's this time of year where you're probably looking to shoot some hoops if you like that sort of thing. Or you have a kid who's looking to shoot some hoops. You might have a kid who plays some AAU ball, middle school ball, high school ball, whatever the case may be. And you need a goal for your driveway. Also, it's a perfect Christmas gift. Get a goal from Pro Dunk Hoops. They make the highest quality basketball goals you'll find. Tempered glass backboard, break away rims, stainless steel hardware, and it is height adjustable, anywhere from 5 feet to 10 feet, including their latest goal called 
Thor! You can raise and lower the goals anywhere from 5 to 10 feet within 5 seconds. You just put the drill, right? put it right in there, and it lowers all the way to 5, raises all the way to 10. You will love Thor. Their accessories next level to LED light kits for night play. Uh, you probably get home when it's dark now because of daylight savings. You have a job, right? You're not like the Twitchers. Uh, your kids have to go to school. We understand that. They need an education. So get these LED light kits for night play so they can play when it gets a little dark outside. Backstop nets. You don't have to chase the back basketball around, pull pad lettering, and lots, lots more. You can order everything online, including professional installation. Yes, Pro Dunk Hoops will professionally install your goal at the perfect height, perfectly straight. You don't lift a finger. Let the pros at Pro Dunk do all of the work for you. This is the perfect gift idea for Christmas. Call now, 281-351-9822, or visit them online, ProDunk.com. That's ProDunk.com. It's our Mailbag Monday. You can ask the Killer Bees whatever you want to ask. 713-780-3776. 713-780-3776. Our HRP listener line. Ask the Bees whatever you want. Uh, Keith says Jeff Trailer or Willie Fritz? Question mark. I think Willie Fritz has done a really good job at Tulane. I'd be interested to see if he could do it on the Big 12 level, but I would have confidence that that would be... I'd be, I'd be interested in that name. I think both of those are good names. Uh, yes. Joe? Okay. Willie. Okay. Uh, 713-780-3776. Question for the Killer Bees. His daughter, former uh, KPRC2 sports reporter. Yes. Laney. She she did work in the the industry once upon a time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think she's teaching now? Yeah. In Houston? No. Outside of the city? I think she's there. I think she's in Tulane. Is she in New Orleans? I think she's Uh, in New Orleans. I have no idea. I think she may be... I won't say it. Never mind. Don't give away her location. Yeah. All of these no, creeps not, that listen not to our show. A uh, key from LA. We had a big week yesterday. Mm. If you had to trade a superstar from one of the major teams in Houston, who would it be? <laughs> Jalen Green. Hector Herrera. Actually, no. I, I would say Jabari Jabari Smith first. I don't think you could get enough for him, but I would try I would be I would consider trading Jalen Green. Should we define superstar? Sure. Define good point. Us, good point. I, I don't know if I'd put Jalen Green in that category. Oh, good call. Fair point. It's a good call. Do we... Uh, Alfie? I wouldn't trade No. Alfie. I like Jalen Green. CJ, no. I'm not trading CJ. No. Nope. Will? Is he a superstar? Is Will Anderson a superstar? No. That's the Jalen Green? That's, yeah. yeah. It's the same conversation. Yeah. I don't think the Texans have but one superstar. Eh. Who's the other one? Timey Fairbairn. Oh, stop it. Uh, Larry Tunsil. Right Larry Tunsil. He's supposed to be. Larry, I think Larry Tunsil is a superstar. Like, relative to his position, Larry Tunsil is a superstar. He got paid top left tackle money twice, and he's top five left tackle in the yeah. game. He's a superstar for the position. That's fair. I, I for just the don't, position. I, think, I don't think he's been stellar recently. 713-780-ESPN. Ask the Killer Bees whatever you want. Well, you're not trading Altuve. You're not trading Jordan. Well, does Bregman count? Uh, well, that's that's a conversation. Bregman a superstar? Is he a superstar? I'd say no. We'll probably talk about that tomorrow. Uh, 5798, just got back from the Keys, which was almost 1,300 miles driving each way. What is the furthest you've ever driven to a destination? Uh, I drove from college to my job in Portland, Oregon. So from Ooh. Wisconsin all the way across half the United States and then from yeah. the, the top north peak of Washington straight down into Oregon. Uh, I've driven to Hawaii. Probably the furthest that I've ever okay. I've ever had to drive. Uh, maybe Colorado. Must, that must have been a hell of a vehicle. Maybe Colorado. Probably Colorado. I think that's the furthest I've ever driven was Colorado. I don't, I've never driven to Florida. We've always flown for that. It's got to be Colorado. I think mine's Chicago to Houston. That's far. Mm-hmm. 16 and a half hours. That's pretty Oof. far. 
That's rough. Actually, Colorado's yeah, but mine, mine was about that too. too yeah. Where you go across, it you, wasn't. It was a two day trip for us. Yeah, it was a it was a fine drive, and so you get to like Arkansas, and then you're just in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, but the, what's worse is going across the state of Texas because that whole yeah. West Texas drive is boring. What is the uh, what's the furthest that you would drive before you just rather hop on a plane? Uh, Austin. So I'm, I'm starting my hours. So three. Oh, I just I hate driving. I've had too many incidences when I was in college with cars breaking down in the middle of nowhere and everything. Ooh. To where, yeah, after a couple of those, you just say I'd rather fly. Uh, mine's about six hours. I think it's six hours for me. That's fair. Six hours. What's it for you, Joe? I don't know the answer to that question anymore. Cool. Good talk. I used to be ten. I used to be fine <laughs> with six, but now with kids, I don't know. If I want to be in a car for six hours with my well, that's kids. A, but do you want to be in and out of factor. an airport with kids? Oh yeah, I would do that. My kids are pretty good in the airport. Really? Yeah, and on plane. Okay. Yeah, I worked hard on that. But yeah, they like they're, they're pretty yeah. good on planes and <laughs> that's airport. True. I think little Branham baby running up and down the aisles. Ten hours. I'll drive ten <laughs> hours before I put this kid on a plane. The kids are a massive. Factor. He's gonna be singing like. ABCs on the top of his lungs and yeah. just pissing everyone off. I have zero desire to fly with Brandon because I, I, I stage like, of his life. I, I get you got to do it because I've done it, but like I, I get annoyed with kids on planes. And when my kid was on the yeah. plane, I was like, everyone's mad at me. Yep. Everyone's annoyed with me. I yep. hate this. At least the car. I pad, have I, iPads and headphones help a lot. He won't wear headphones. Oh, Maddie loves them. <laughs> like we want to take him to Monster Jam when it comes back, but he will not wear headphones at all. I can't get this kid to you wear a hat. You want to take him to the monster truck thingy? Oh, yeah. I feel like he loved that. Okay. 713-780-3776. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Cameron, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up, Cameron? How y'all doing? I just want to know why the Falcons don't get no love. I understand it's not the home team, but mm-hmm. I know Joe Burrow lose. I hear everything good about him. My quarterback, he, he played. He ain't the best, but he winning. Who, wait, wait, who's your quarterback? Desmond Ritter. Ritter? We mentioned Ritter. Desmond Ritter today. Yeah, I, I said mean, they were going to make the playoffs. I said he threw a dime. Appreciate it, Cameron. Appreciate the call. Now, the reason why is because you said it. Like, no one really cares about Atlanta Falcon football on the city of no, Houston. Some might. Like, Cameron, I appreciate that you do. Uh, we mentioned Atlanta today more than we've probably mentioned yeah. Atlanta in every, any Monday show in the history of our show. Uh, just, we even mentioned it there in first place, and they're probably going to win the division. But, I mean, I'm also not going to be sensitive to the fact that he's saying we're not talking no. about the Atlanta Falcons. We're not talking about the Atlanta Falcons because they're the Atlanta Falcons. Sorry. Sorry, I sorry, said not it, but it's sorry. true. 713-780-3776. Although Bijan Robinson can play. Uh, Corey, should Deron Bland be talked about more for Defensive Player of the Year? Yes. Mm-hmm. We answered this question last week. I think we all he, said He broke Miles the record, Garrett. right? Yeah, he broke the record of most pick sixes in a season. Yeah. I think we all still said Miles Garrett last week, but I think we should probably all flip that now. I don't know. I still vote he Garrett. He got hurt. But Bland is uh, he's in the mix. Like He should get some votes. Yeah, Top three for sure. Is Garrett's injury significant? No, he no, said he said, felt a pop. They said day-to-day today. Okay. Yeah, that was up for further review, but after the game he said he felt a pop, which is never good to hear. No. Sounds From like player was- or the player feeling it. No, pops are not good. Uh, biggest play in Iron Bowl history: kick six or fourth and thirty-one. Ooh, I still think. Oh boy, that's a that's a great question because both resulted in game winning game winning scores. I still think with the way it went down and all the excitement that went through everything, the 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 return of the field goal. What what did the what happened in the 2013? That was the he waited. For no, the, I remember the pick, oh. the kick six. But what happened after that? Did well, Auburn go to the title? Like, did they go to the playoffs at all? There oh, wasn't even that, a playoff then, was there? No, no. And but Alabama was number one. Yeah, they upset Alabama. So this, but. I think, kick six way bigger, way, way bigger. Alabama was the number number one team in the country. Alabama still won the national title that year. Oh, was that the college football playoffs? 
No, still BCS. That was their only loss. Actually, they- never. Like, eh, always get confused because the championship game is played the two thousand, like the year after. So the pick six happened in the two thousand thirteen season. Two thousand thirteen champion was actually Auburn. So Auburn used the kick six on their way to winning. A, actually, they lost in the national championship to Florida State. That was Jimbo's national title. Mm. So if they don't get that kick six, they don't, they don't play in play the national in championship game. I don't think Bama's getting to the national championship game, although they could beat Georgia. They could beat Georgia. Quarterback's looking go, better every week. I'm going to go kick six. Yep. I'm going to go kick six over the fourth and 31. Yeah, I think it's the kick six. It just it, it felt like it meant more. This play was awesome. But this play was It incredible. was awesome, and I... I I thought the game was over. I couldn't believe that he completed that pass. And the receiver did one hell of a job when the ball's in the air, deking it like it's going left and then reaching back to the right. That was an amazing play. He also did a great job by pushing off. Okay. A <laughs> little bit of a push-off there. Uh, 713-780-3776. 9648, what's the messiest food you've ever eaten while driving? Oh, boy. Mmm... I don't know. I feel like I always just like it's always a burger and fries. So I don't really know. I've eaten soups while I'm driving. I've eaten buffalo what? wings while I'm driving. A euro. I've eaten many buffalo wings while I'm driving. A euro's easy. Not necessarily. It's a rip. Not with the sauce and everything like oh, that. A euro's easy. I'm talking like this is. We're talking soup. We're talking buffalo wings. You get a euro. That's your. You can hold in your hand. I've eaten it's a the, handheld the food. Nico Nico Nico's massive chicken salad while okay. driving. That's easy. It's not easy. Yeah, it's just a bowl and you're driving a fork Not a in bowl. There. It's one of those takeout things loaded It's easier. With... Okay. I definitely... It's Taco Bell for me, though. Taco Bell's That's easy to eat. It's a wrap. It's about... Plus, you keep it in the wrapper. It's, yeah, it's, it's a it's piece about, of cake. But you need the fire sauce. You gotta, you gotta get so the sauce easy. on there Come while on. you're driving. No, you're, you guys are amateurs. I think I am. Try soup while you're driving. Let me know I how that goes. I don't drink it. I don't really think I want it. Put it in a big cup. Yeah, but there's also content in it, so you got to sometimes scoop it up. At the end of it, you just drink that too. Eat buffalo wings as you drive and then talk to me. Let me know how that goes. But why? What's that? Why are you doing that? Because you don't want the fries to get soggy by the time you get home. Simple. It's easy. It's easy. It's not way too much thought. It's a a simple decision. But I'm confused. Did you eat the buffalo wings or the fries in the car? Both. Both. You don't want that stuff to get cold. It's better when it's fresh, right or wrong, right? So you're going to eat it. You're going to eat it before it gets not fresh. I guess. Punch air holes in the fry container. It's still not going to be as good. If I'm going to spend money on food, I want it to be good. That's a good point. Someone texted, said the Subway meatball sub. That's still easy. It's a sandwich. Yeah, but... Even though it's a messy sandwich, it's still a sandwich. I feel like that's a tough one. There's no way... For it not to be messy. See, but if it it's comes wrapped up the way Subway wraps their sandwiches, you can keep the the wrapper on the bo- back half of the sandwich. There, I gotta admit, there's almost nothing I wouldn't eat in the vehicle. Like I make road trips all the time. I'll eat whatever in the car. It's not good. It's bad. But that's why I have Hollingsworth Law Firm in my life. Eight eight six three. Would you cut off a toe finger in order to see your favorite team win a championship? Guaranteed. You get to attend the game, watch them win. If yes, which toe or finger are you giving up? I'm not. You're not going to Ronnie Lott it? No. I'm not giving up a toe or a finger for my team to win it. Eh. I might do it for U of H. See, If but, I were to do it for anybody, see, it'd be U of H. Football see, or basketball. For me, I don't both. have to do it. No. Though. I need both. That's two toes, then. I've seen both. the Rockets win it. I've seen the Packers win it. I, now I've seen the Bucks win it, even though I wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, I don't... I've seen the Astros win it. I don't need to see it again. I mean, I would like to see it again, but I'm not giving up oh, a digit. Oh, it'd be digit. cool, but I'm not giving up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not giving up a digit. Uh, 713-780-3776. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Austin, what's your question for the Killer Beast? 
We'll wrap it up with you, Austin. Hey, guys. Hey. So, happy belated Thanksgiving. And just wanted to ask a quick question. Hopefully the leftovers are still around. Which one of y'all would make the best turkey? Have a good day. Uh, not me. Show. I'm not doing it. I make I- it like we cook it or we would be the turkey? Two ways to look at it. I mean, obviously, you know the answer to that. No, you don't. Yes, you do. <laughs> if you don't, I'm questioning your intelligence. I don't understand. Well, you do that you, every day. How do you? True. How do you think it's the second question? <laughs> I know that was a massive leap. <laughs> like, people like to take shots at us all the time. We're not carnivores. Um, I, I don't. I've never made a turkey. I'd like to think I could do I a have. decent job. Like I'd probably I would throw it in a fryer. I, I mean, think. Joe's got restaurant people in his family in his inner circle i would i would trust joe yeah yeah that's a good eh, joe joe i don't know if joe, joe cooks, could you though. do it i i don't i've never tried turkey oh well that hurts but at least i my thought process honestly i mean there. you're not like i most time i just i'm a grill i like a good grill now we don't have a good grill i need a good grill in my <laughs> life It'd be a good christmas gift to ask lance 8807 says you get to bet on the team knowing that they'll win if you chop off a digit that might change things what That's is a it? good point. You already you know that they're going to win, so you can bet how oh. much money you can. Oh. I would I would give up a pinky toe in this scenario. Could you I get pay a, to get? Could you pay pay? You win enough money to have your toe it, surgically repaired? If you want, like if you want to spend five hundred k on a pinky toe, go for it. Well, I would just live without a pinky toe. I'd probably just leave without the pinky toe. I, I would I, I would do this now. I would have my pinky toe cut off. Probably. I think my uh, I don't know what what's good for golf here. But see, like, Isn't I don't, Deion Sanders living proof that you don't need all your digits? That's well, a good point. Does he have digits cut off? Oh, He's yeah. missing toes, multiple. I, I thought they were like supposed to amputate his foot. Well, that was if it, he kept losing toes. I'm going to give up my right pinky toe for one of the U of H programs to win a national championship. But I can't bet on that, so that's going to be. You could have someone do it for you. Huh. I need more time to think about this. I'm definitely I'm definitely taking a toe for the Bears? I didn't say that. I'm asking. Can I bet on my favorite golfer so like win the Masters cuz those odds are usually awesome. Who's your favorite golfer? Whoever has the worst odds that's yeah, going to automatically now, win. Now you're kind that's of moving the goalpost here. You're kind of moving. Yes, the- I would cut off a pinky toe for the Bears to win a Super Bowl. D'Amico says uh, J-Bone throwing chicken bones out the window. My wife before we were married found a chicken wing in my passenger seat floorboard Did and you? still married me that's how much of a catch i am how old was that's it? how much of a cat it was pretty old Ooh. months months old uh yeah that's how much of a catch i am though blinkers but, she uh, still married like to, me i mean good for her despite a chicken bone you like to clean them though so i'm not worried about like remnants that was drawn bugs and do you stuff. not clean your chicken wing look you leave know, a little I, meat I, on the I, bone i say that because you're a connoisseur that always is adamant about how I'm you eat asking. them and what you i'm asking eat. how you answer how, uh, you didn't answer though. <laughs> how much meat I think you you're leave a on the bone? That's why I don't think that you would leave even an, uh, okay. anything that would draw bugs or. Still not an mold. answer. How much do you leave on the bone? I try not to. There you go. See, we get along. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. I believe Mondays. What do you believe in after the college football weekend? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. I believe Gentle Ben is the best. I believe I had some Gentle Ben over the weekend. It is the best you can find. I've been telling you for years the Gentle Ben is the best. Whether it's the vodka, the gin, straight bourbon whiskey, cast strength bourbon, it is all top shelf. And it starts with the finest ingredients. Classic, time-honored distilling methods. Gentle Ben uses a revolutionary technology that eliminates impurities for the cleanest and smoothest spirits you will ever taste. One of the best things about Gentle Ben is that you'll love what's not in it, including harsh solvents. Yes, these are nasty elements that do not belong in your spirits, and they don't 
and gentle bin. You get all of the flavor, none of the burn, unparalleled smoothness with gentle bin all of the time because it is top notch and it is the very, very best. Next time you head to dinner, go to your favorite bar. Uh, the next time you go to dinner or go to your favorite bar, ask for gentle bin. Look for gentle bin at the liquor store, whichever one you go to, whichever one's on the way home, and pick up a bottle today. If you're looking for plans, head to the gentle bin tasting room in Alvin. If you're headed to a Rockets game, stop by Ben's Bar and pick up some gentle bin on the way to your seat. Or just go to gentlebin.com. Order straight from the source, order straight from the site, and then have it delivered straight. Right to your doorstep. Gentlebin Spirits makes the perfect holiday gift for friends, family, and your best customers. We know they'll love what's not in our spirits, too. Celebrate with Gentlebin this holiday season. You can order the Gentlebin Family of Spirits gift box, one bottle of each of their stuff, uh, straight from the website, gentlebin.com, or the Gentlebin Vodka and Bourbon gift box as well. Reserve one online at gentlebin.com right now. Gentlebin, clean, smooth, and delicious. Best gift ever. All right, what do you believe in after this college football weekend? Lots, lots happening in college football. Most of it off the field. Why don't you lead us off, Blankers? What do you believe after the week that was? I I just firmly believe it's wide open. I I don't think anybody impressed me this weekend. I was more impressed by Ohio State's loss that they were in the game and were as competitive as, as, as they were even though they lost it. But Michigan doesn't impress me over all that much. Georgia doesn't impress me all that much. Uh, and Washington, Washington let me down the way they played Washington State. I think it is so wide open that it's going to make for a lot more fun watching. There's not like this head and shoulder favorite and it's David Goliath and all that. I think it's wide open. The more I, um, I, I think Georgia's far and away the best team. I think I don't Michigan trust their quarterback. Play. Yeah, but they, I mean, they want to. Well, Stetson Bennett. I know. I think Michigan has the best roster. I think Georgia has the best team. I, 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 I would agree with both those sentiments. But, but like you said. Oregon's playing good football. Alabama's getting better every single week because their quarterback's getting better. Uh, and yet, they could have lost. Washington could have lost to Washington State. I, I just think it, it's more open than it's been in years. Yeah, I think Oregon has the best quarterback. So, I, I think, think Bo Nix is that good. Yeah, he should win the Heisman. Yeah, I think he's going to. Uh, oh, boy. It's him or Jaden Daniels. But yeah, Daniels has got the numbers. But so does Bo Nix. And honestly, if Bo Nix wins the Pac-12 title They're playing this meaningful, weekend, more meaningful football, yeah. I, I think it's going to be hard to not give him the title. You know it opened today? Heisman. You know the odds open, the uh, voting for the Heisman open today? Why? I don't know. It's ridiculous. I believe that the odd, the Heisman voting should not open until after the conference championship week. That's a good point. It's awful. Bo Nix is the minus 150, Jaden Daniels plus 120. So it's pretty close in Vegas. I think Nix does have the edge. Now, if he's just like... He's all over himself in the title game. Then maybe that swings it. But Jaden Daniels isn't ha- isn't playing any more football, so I, I think it is going to be uh, Bo Nix as long as they get it done. Yeah. So now, basically, b- between now and then, depending on when they vote, Penix is the only guy that's got a chance to catch him. Yeah, and I, I don't. I and don't he didn't play well. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think it's. I think Bo Nix is your Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, I believe, speaking of the playoffs, the Florida State should be a playoff team with a win this week. There's no reason that Florida State, if they go undefeated, should be left out of the college football playoff. I don't want to hear these one-loss teams, Ohio State, Texas, Bama. If Florida State beats Louisville in the ACC title game, they should be in the college football playoff despite not having their quarterback. It is unfair to everybody else in that program if if they get left out. But precedence has been set that the committee – Factors in coaches and players, whether injured or when they leave the program, in the case of Brian Kelly at Notre Dame, that they're going to factor it in. So 
because they want these games to be hyper-competitive. I don't think Florida State looked very good against Florida. No, they did win. You know, I, I mean, last week I said the exact opposite, so, you know, I disagree. How could Alabama get in over Florida State, though? They just looked awful against Auburn. Now, if they beat Georgia, it's a different story, that, but Auburn lost to New Mexico State. No, like, at least Florida State's winning. No, I, I don't think it's about Alabama. I think it's you have Georgia, you have Michigan, mm-hmm. you have the winner of the Pac-12, Pac-12 right. and then I think it's Texas over Florida State. That should not happen. Texas should not get in over undefeated Florida State at all. I know they won't, but I think they should. I think you take the four best teams, and when you lose your quarterback, you're not one of the four best teams. I think the committee's going to seriously, they're, they're going to consider that. That's a shame. That should the, not happen. The, the, the whole four-team playoff was to leave out a conference champion. I think they're hoping for Louisville hard. Oh, yeah, so they, they don't are. have to make that decision. Oh, I agree. I, I do think that's the case. They should not leave Florida State out if they're undefeated. Unfair to everybody in that program. All right, Joe, what do you believe? For someone that doesn't care about feelings, you sure care about fairness. Um, I do. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an, an advocate for justice. I believe the University of Houston made the right decision by moving on from Dana Holgerson. I just think it was not working and going in the right direction. Their recruiting class was, according to 24-7 Sports, was 102 in the country. The only Big Ten or, or Power Five programs around them are universities that have major scandal, like Northwestern and Michigan State. So the recruiting classes weren't good. You just didn't win enough games. So I think they made the right decision. I was shocked by this, and I know because... I understand with Jeremy's working for the program. I, I was shocked by this because I thought that Tillman hand selected him, got him, to, got him away from West Virginia. Uh, I thought that they were going to give him at least one more year in the Big Twelve and, and try to turn things around um, because he, he did have some success at U of H. I was surprised when they made the decision, but I think that it started. You know how we always say it shouldn't matter, but it does. It just seemed like everybody was mounting their criticism from the fan base and all the and the media was looking at it and the social media and everything else started to stack up against him. And a couple of, I don't know if they beat Texas. Does that change things? I don't know. But I was, I was, I was mildly surprised that they moved on. I thought they'd give him one more year. Yeah, I'll miss Dana. Uh, Dana was uh, very good to me. Uh, I, I like Dana a lot. I, I trust the uh, the powers that be, uh, that they'll get the right guy in here and that the Houston uh, Cougars will be a football powerhouse I, I in the, the next decade. The big thing, too, is always – be, if you're going to move on, make sure the next guy's better. That's what I'm a little worried about. Can they get another guy in here that whether you believe the cachet of the name and or kind of a, a young up and coming coach that's going to be better than Dana? What do you believe? Go ahead. I just also like. I think sometimes you have to take advantage of of what's in front of you, and that's and um that job is filled. Mississippi State is filled now. Duke is open, and now you're open. You are the second best job, maybe the best job available in the market right now. So, like, you should attract the biggest names in coaching. Like, unless Harbaugh leaves Michigan, you have a great job. You you really do. So, I think that's I why agree. it's also the right time. Because if you – what if Ryan Day gets fired next year? Like, you're not – your job's not anywhere close to Ohio State. So, this is the right time to move on. I believe Ryan Day should be fired next year if they don't beat Michigan also. Just because of the fact that they can't beat Michigan. Yeah, he's you're done gonna, almost everything else. Yeah, that's the only game that matters. Unless you win a college football championship, which you could because you make the 12-team playoff. But Ryan Day should be out if he doesn't beat Michigan next year. Interesting. I believe that the Aggies treated Mark Stoops the wrong way. All this overreaction to Mark Stoops. Like, you got Elko, who's the same guy. Like, Stoops and Elko are the same guy. Football men that are solid hires. Both of them are solid hires. 
they the Aggies chased out Mark Stoops before his plane ever touched down in College Station. They had a deal with Mark Stoops. He was going to be the next head coach for Texas A&M, and the fans couldn't stand it. They had an uproar, and they forced Stoops out before Stoops was ever in. And what's the what's the the grief on Stoops? Well, he doesn't win enough in the SEC, but Elko does in the ACC. They're yeah, both I don't basketball it schools, and then you have like Mark Stoops is doing things at Kentucky that are unprecedented things. He's won ten games twice at Kentucky. You know how many times Kentucky's won ten times in their program history? Four. Stoops has half of them. Stoops is a good ball coach, and the way the Aggies treated him is is awful. It's disrespectful. Was it? Boosters that got involved and went at the AD to change the decision because we knew. I mean, I was I was surprised at how much backlash he got on social media and, and the reaction to people like that. What changed? Because it seemed like it was all but done, and then it wasn't. I think it was they, done. I think, I think got, he was going to be the next head coach. They, they got bullied. So what was it? There's was it, reports. Did the boosters do it. There's no, reports think, that he landed in College Station and never got off the plane. Because I, of the outrage that for the Aggie fan base had. I think it was Boosters. I think it was the Aggie fans at large. And I think Bjork, who's the AD there, doesn't have a spine. He's like, this is the guy I want. Then they're like, oh, no, we don't want him. Okay, well, we're not going to hire him. After he bought out a coach for $75 million. it's not the first time we've seen it. This happened at Tennessee a couple years ago yeah. with Greg Schiano. Now, they got that one right. But, like, I, this is weird to me. And then they're doing they this stupid. That one, that, was that when they hired Heupel? I think it was when they hired okay. Heupel. I did get that one right then. But like they're doing the weird chanting and dancing at his press conference. What a weird! What a weird! Cult. He looks a little bit like Bill O'Brien, Mike Elko does. Bill O'Brien, next coach of. He looks a little bit like Bill O'Brien. I don't. Ooh, I don't know. Of, I, don't I think these... he'll be. I think he'll be the OC at some college program. You yeah, get, you don't think he'll get like the Duke job? I don't. Oh, that's interesting. I don't think so. Or Indiana. If, if, if New England had a better year and he and Mac were were jiving, I, I could see Bill O'Brien being in consideration with. With the abomination that's been the Patriots and the offense and Mac Jones and a guy that he's worked with previously, I, I think people have cooled off on Bill O'Brien. Head coach so. at Carolina, reunite him with his former college quarterback and Bryce yeah, Young. How'd that work with the Patriots with his former quarterback? Well, Bryce is better than Mac, I think. Sure. It wasn't his former quarterback. He didn't have Mac. He didn't have Mac. He didn't? No, he didn't yeah. have Mac at Bama. Who, who was, came in was, was that? Uh, he, only, he only had Bryce. That would have been Lane Kiffin. Kiffin had him? They might have both Bryce? had him. Bryce? I thought Sark had him. He might have had him, too. I mean, Sark and Kiffin, yeah. Yeah, they... they, they Recycled OCs there pretty quick there. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. Who was better yesterday, C.J. Stroud or Trevor Lawrence? Who would you rather have long-term? We've got to get our golf grades to C.J. Stroud as well. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5.